Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. Appreciate you joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We had a good Thanksgiving yesterday. Our journey finds us in 1 Kings chapter 2, and it was the very first verse that resonated. It says, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. Today's podcast is entitled, Settling the Family Accounts. There was a time many years ago that I was asked to serve on a team, and I agreed to do so. But after my first meeting, the team leader called me aside and called me out uh, for some of the opinions I expressed in the meeting. It was one of the more surreal experiences I've had along my life journey. I was quickly informed that my services on the team were no longer required, and the whole experience made me grateful to walk away, actually. And I thought about that experience as I pondered today's chapter. You know, it's actually a very interesting conversation in today's chapter that begins with David on his deathbed telling his son and successor Solomon, first to be obedient to God and keep the law of Moses, but then he tells Solomon to settle a few of the family accounts Godfather style. David tells Solomon to have two specific men killed. One was Joab, David's powerful military general, who had committed a number of disloyal acts, including killing David's son Absalom without David's consent. And then he participated in Adonijah's rebellion. And then there's Shimei, a member of Saul's family who had cursed David publicly during Absalom's rebellion. David had let things go, but now on his deathbed, he wants Solomon to exact revenge. Solomon also goes on to kill Adonijah, his brother, who attempts in today's chapter to conspire with Bathsheba to make Abishag his wife. Now, Abishag was the virgin who had been made part of King David's harem so as to sleep with David and keep him warm. Adonijah's request to marry a member of his father's harem, well, back in that day, it was disrespectful, and it was an insult to Solomon's authority, and it would have subtly established Adonijah's right to the throne. So Solomon's realizes that his older brother is not going to give up his desire to unseat him and become king. Solomon also removes Abiathar, the priest, who had also sided with Adonijah and sends him back home, stripping him of his priestly power. Now, from a historical perspective, what Solomon did was not unusual. In the Game of Thrones for ancient kingdoms, being the king or queen was a precarious position. There were always rivals, even among one's own family, who would be happy to assassinate the one on the throne in order to seize power. So the elimination of known rivals was one of the ways that ancient monarchs secured their position. I mentioned earlier that what Solomon did was godfather s because that's a really apt parallel. It's exactly what Michael Corleone does in The Godfather when he takes out all of his rivals in one fell swoop. From a leadership perspective, this is also not unusual. Think about it. When politicians are elected, it's customary for people in certain key positions to tender their resignations so that the incoming elected official can appoint his or her own people. 
It's sometimes the same way in churches when a new pastor is hired or appointed and the staff is expected to offer their resignation. So the new pastor can create his own regime, so to speak. And as I look back on the experience of getting fired from that team after my first meeting, it was clear in retrospect that the team leader did not trust that I would be a loyal and supportive member. And even if I could have been, their distrust of me would likely have eventually created problems. So while I still scratch my head at the way it was done, I've always been grateful to have walked away. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself reminded that I can scarce imagine what life and culture were back like in David and Solomon's day. It was a violent period of history. At the same time, there are lessons that I can glean about leadership, about human systems in which I interact. And as I pondered it this morning, I realized that I have a great deal of autonomy to choose into or choose out of most of the human systems and circles of influence with which I regularly interact. In fact, it strikes me that some of the wisest choices I believe I've made (laughs) along my life journey have been choices to choose out of dysfunctional systems or systems filled with crazy makers. I hope you have a great weekend. My friend, we'll continue our journey through the Book of Kings on Monday.